What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hi guys, and welcome back to my Ableness podcast. So today's now is going to take a bit of a different approach than the previous podcast. Focusing on dating horror stories, basically. Um, my original concept was, you know, a date with death sort of thing. But then there's a lot more cases that I'm interested in as well, so I scrapped that initial idea so I could focus on more. Today we are going to be talking about the case of April Tinsley, which was. 30-year-old cold case when it was solved. So April Tinsley was born on the 18th of March in 1980 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. She was described as a very sweet, well-liked girl, your typical little angel. No one ever had anything negative to say about April. Her mum described her as a really fun-loving person and that everyone she knew adored her. At the time, when April was killed, she was in first grade. She was only eight years old. And coincidentally, it was April 1st, 1988. She got out of school early that day, came home and spent some time with her mum. She had some lunch. And then April asked if she could go over to a friend's house to play. Janet, April's mum, said, of course you can go. Just call me as soon as you get there. When April arrived at her friend Nicole's house, she called her mum to let her know that she had arrived and her mum reminded her to be home around 3.30 to 4. April is usually very punctual, so she would not so she would normally sorry be home by the time her mum said to be. Janet wanted her to come home because it was cloudy and it was going to rain. By the time it reached 4 pm and April was still not home, Janet started to worry, but she waited a little longer before calling Nicole's mum, who told her that April and Nicole had been playing in a playground and they left that playground a little after 3pm. As April was about to go home from the playground, she remembered that she had left her umbrella at Nicole's house. Nicole was going to another friend's house for a play date, so the girls then went their separate ways. April then made the walk back to Nicole's house by herself. However, Nicole's mother said that April never made it back to the house to get her umbrella. Janet, now understandably, began to panic. April was only eight years old. Friends and neighbours began a physical search for April. After some time, when they had still not found her, they decided it was time to call the police. It was at about 6pm when Janet had called the Fort Wayne police and she told the dispatcher who answered the call that her daughter has gone missing after a play date with a friend. When the police officers arrived at Janet's house, she gave them a picture of April and tried her best to to recollect everything that April was wearing on that day. 
a blue turtleneck sweater, a pink and red jacket with light blue pants which had three hearts on the left leg, and pink shoes. Detectives went out and searched a 20 block radius from where April was last seen, but they did not find anything and were not able to come up with any explanation. They just didn't have any answers about what had happened to April. This made them assume that she had been abducted. On April 4th, 1988, after being missing for 72 hours, a police task force of 25 Fort Wayne officers joined up with a search party that had been formed by civilians and it already had 50 people in it. And they began to search the entire area with a fine tooth comb. At around 3.30pm, a man was out jogging. While he was jogging along, he saw a body. It was off the side of the road, approximately 40 feet away, in a ditch. This tragically was found to be the body of April Tinsley. Janet had always wanted to be a mother, and April was the daughter that she had always dreamed of having. With the discovery of a body, the case was obviously now had taken a tragic turn from missing persons to a murder investigation. Based on physical evidence, the police believed that April was suffocated. She was fully clothed aside from a single shoe, which was not found at the time that her body was. The autopsy later confirmed that April had also been sexually assaulted, which, as evil and sick and twisted as that is, it happens in so many abduction cases. Investigators believe that the perpetrator was probably someone that lived in the Fort Wayne area because this area was kind of a rural wooded spot that wasn't really known unless you lived in the area. Detectives also believe that because her body was just kind of put on the ground, not far from the road, it wasn't like the killer had tried to conceal her body so it seemed to police that he wanted somebody to find her body. Obviously the police searched the surrounding area and that's when they found her other shoe, about 800 feet away on the opposite side of the road. And so they pieced together that the person was driving away and then realised or saw her shoe was still in the car and threw it out of the window when they were leaving the scene. On April 5th, 1988, a motorist came forward and said, I saw a blue truck just kind of chilling on Decklid County Road. People were definitely on the lookout for a blue truck. A reward was also set up by two local radio stations. Two different funds were established. One was for the Tinsley family and the other one was for April's burial. On the 18th of April 1988, around 150 mourners gathered at the Faith United Methodist Church for April Tinsley's memorial service. Soon after that, a witness called the police and let them know that she had actually seen a little blonde girl walking on the side of the road and she had had hearts on her pants and she was walking near where April was last seen. The witness said when the girl tried to cross the street, someone in a blue pickup truck had pulled up next to her. The witness said that the girl didn't seem to be scared or look like she didn't know the person. So she figured that everything was okay. 
she basically said that she saw the truck pull up and then the truck and April were gone. She really just thought it was a scheduled pickup, like a father was picking up his daughter, perhaps running a little late, hence the girl walking down the street. The witness honestly did not think too much of it at the time, but she described the driver to the police. She described him as a white male in his 30s with blondish, sandy-coloured, wavy hair, and he weighed approximately 150 pounds or around 50 kilos, roughly. April 7th in 1988, police released a sketch of the witness description as to what the man looked like. People in Fort Wayne were really freaking out thinking that there was a potential killer on the loose. When the sketch was released, a lot of tips and information came into the police from the local community members who wanted to help, and many of these leads mentioned a man named Moose. Moose was in a local gang, and he looked very similar to the sketch of the man that had been put out. The witness was able to pick out his photo from a photo array, or also known as a photo display, but that was as far as the evidence went. While Moose didn't own a blue pickup truck of his own, he did have access to one if he needed it. People were coming forward saying that Moose was going up to children at the park and saying inappropriate things to them scaring them and police were also told that the gang that Moose belonged to was some kind of satanic cult. By now investigators were starting to become concerned that maybe April was in some type of satanic ritual or sacrifice. Obviously the thought of this terrified April's parents but there wasn't actually any evidence to support this theory. It was just hearsay. For weeks, Moose was the prime suspect in the April Tinsley case, but detectives were never able to find any physical evidence that linked Moose to the crime scene. And he also passed several polygraph tests. Basically, it was at that point that they had decided that Moose just couldn't be considered a suspect anymore. I am going to wrap up part one there, as otherwise parts will be short or I have to rush the rest of it, which I do not want to do. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll get part two done very soon. Thank you. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.